Welcome to The Real Deal with Rhonda, a real estate podcast where we are committed to providing you with real insight into the Atlanta real estate market by sharing timely and relevant information that will equip you to be a better buyer and seller. This week on the show, Gene and Rhonda give some helpful tips to weary buyers that will help you win in the seller's market. This is The Real Deal with Rhonda. Welcome back to The Real Deal with Rhonda. My name is Jean, and we are back in the studio today with Rhonda. Welcome back, Rhonda. Thank you, Jean. It's always fun to do this with you. (laughs) Absolutely. Today, we would like to speak specifically to our weary buyers who have already been in this market and who have possibly already lost out on a multiple offer situation on their dream home, or even to buyers who are interested in entering into the market. Today, we want to talk about the negotiation, the building of your offer. And as we are learning, the best offer is not just comprised of price, but also major terms go into creating the most attractive offer. And so Rhonda is going to go through these terms and tell us the pros and cons to help you create the most attractive offer with the highest likelihood of being accepted by the seller. Rhonda, take it away. (laughs) Thank you, Jean. Um, Yeah, and so we have a great opportunity to be on both sides of the transaction. So our team works with lots of sellers, but we also work with buyers. So we understand this process from both the selling side and the buying side. And we've had a lot of tips for our sellers recently of what to do and what not to do. Um, And one of the tips to our sellers was, look, our buyers are getting weary. Mm -hmm. You know, they're getting tired of losing out. They're sort of feeling taken advantage of with not all sellers, but, you know, in some situations just really feeling like, you know, it's not a fair and balanced. And, you know, supply and demand has created the seller's market and, and the seller is king. And some day the buyers will be king again. But for now, the sellers are still Your day king. will come. <laughs> Your day will come, buyers. But for now, um, if you're in the market and you are growing weary because you've lost out, we just have a few tips for you. Um, and then if you, what I've noticed and even talking with our own clients that they're ready to move or they're right. ready to make a home purchase, but they're a little hesitant to jump in or they've jumped out of the market because of these right. conditions. But I'm here to tell everybody, look, you can go out there and you can find your dream home and you can win the yeah, offer. Now um, it, it takes a partnership with a, a very strong um, real estate professional. It takes a lot of diligence and it, it takes a lot of savvy and smarts to get it done, but it can right. be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just real quick for today is just a few highlights of of the terms of the contract that make it attractive to seller. It's not always price. Of course, price is the number one driving right. factor. Um, but there are a number of different terms that, you know, when you're comparing one offer to another, you know, like every seller wants to sell for top dollar, but they also want to sell for ease and convenience and right. no headache. And so, you know, they're thinking about who's the buyer that is not only going to pay my price, but who is going to make this process seamless and stress-free mm-hmm. from contract to closing. Right. You know, we've talked about in before, when we're negotiating in real estate, we have the initial negotiations on the front end in terms of the price, in terms of the contract. And then we go through the inspection period and mm-hmm. then the appraisal period and then the financing period. Right. And all of those things have the potential to be renegotiated depending on the dynamics of what's happening. So as a buyer and a buyer's agent, what we're trying to do is remove that risk, remove that right. anxiety for the seller that, 
once they're under contract and they're already thinking about their next home and their next move, they want to know that that deal is going to make it from contract to closing, whether it's you know right. two weeks, 30 days, 45 days, that they can move forward stress-free. So um, the very first one is the amount of earnest money. Historically, in, a, in our market, we've you know, it's been 1% earnest money. So on a $500,000 home, $5,000 right. towards the earnest money. Um, we, and including real estate attorneys, have always cautioned us that they thought that was too low. You know, right. it's part of your down payment. It's too easy for people to walk away mm-hmm. from a contract and not very advantageous to the seller. So we're starting to see um, double that amount, sometimes wow. quadruple that amount, right. uh, just to, to get the winning bid. And so a very a strong amount of earnest money um, in the 10% range, let's say, wow, okay. um, that 5 to 10% really tells the seller, we are serious about mm-hmm. your offer. About your home, we will. We would close. never walk away <laughs> from that amount of money. We would never walk away from that amount of money. That's right. And just remembering as a buyer, it as long as you're following the terms of the contract, that money should not be at risk. Right. And it's part of your down payment anyway. You're just right. putting it down sooner rather than later. So earnest money is so an it's not easy a huge way. compromise. There's not no for, no for risk as long as you're following okay. the terms of your contract. Um, the next one is the due diligence period. And here is an area where I'm starting to see buyers give up a little bit too much. Yes, okay. we're in a strong seller's market, but you know, we used to have our Georgia contracts used to be contingent upon an inspection period. Well, then we moved to this pure due diligence period where it's basically a free look for 10 to 14 days. This market okay. has caused us to shorten those that period to five to seven days which is fine. We're also seeing some buyers um, agree to purchase as is with no inspection. Mm. I don't recommend that. I I just don't think it's wise. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think any of us want to get in a situation where we're buying, you know, our life's most important investment, right? um, Both financially and otherwise and not having it checked out. Right. You wouldn't not have a car <laughs> checked out before you bought it. <laughs> right. So probably don't do that with your house. Yes. Yes. So still have your inspection. And there's a number of different options. We can shorten the due diligence period. Um, or, you know, we can do eliminate the due diligence period altogether and just do a right to inspect. Mm-hmm. With the due diligence period, that says hey, we can terminate this contract for any reason in, in five days or whatever the term is negotiated. Okay. The right to inspect period is just simply we have the right to an inspection and we have the right to request repairs of defects. And okay. we could have a whole podcast session on <laughs> that particular. It's not always the best way to go, right? but it is something that an we're option. starting to see come back. And you'd have to call me to talk about the nuances of why that could be good or right. bad for both buyer and seller. Okay. Um, but it is an option and it's important to know that option. Um, the other sort of hybrid of those of, of all of that is go ahead and have your due diligence period for a very short period of time, have your inspection, but write a clause into the contract up front that tells the seller, hey, we're going to have our inspection, but we're agreeing to purchase it with, with no we, no request for repairs, essentially oh, okay. as is. So, you know, we, we're not going to come to you and nitpick for every little thing that comes up on the inspection report. We're just saying we're going to have an inspection. Mm-hmm. If something major comes up that we absolutely can't live with, we have that right to terminate with a refund of earnest money in the first okay, five days. Okay, so there's days. still an option if it's a major thing. Yes. Yeah, so okay. if it's a major thing, 
they can terminate, but they're not going to request repair. So sellers are typically okay with that because they feel like, well, you know, if there's something major, we would know about it and we would have had to disclose it on the seller's disclosure up front. So, Well, and um, as a seller, you're like, you could probably find little nitpicky stuff everywhere. Every house will have a a list of things. And that's just, that's tedious. Yes. Okay. That's right. That makes sense. Yep. Um, And then the other um, two big ones that sort of go hand in hand, but are the appraisal and financing contingencies. Okay. Um, So when we first started in this strong seller's market, Homes were being bid up mm-hmm. above what the comps in the neighborhood would suggest. And so one strategy has been, okay, well, we don't care what the comps say. This home is worth this price to us, so we're willing to pay it. Right. Seller says, great. So we're removing that appraisal contingency. Okay. That's a great strategy. However, the main thing to remember with all of this is one size doesn't fit all. Right. So if you're paying cash... The appraisal contingency absolutely doesn't matter. If you're getting a loan, the appraisal contingency could matter. And this is based on someone's financial situation. You know, if if the house is sold for a million dollars and it only appraises for eight hundred, do you have the two hundred thousand dollars to make up the difference in what the loan amount would be? Right. And without getting into all the, the details of that, it's just important, you know, if you're not if you're removing the appraisal contingency that you have the financial ability and the emotional ability to yeah. pay above and beyond what yeah. one appraiser says a house is worth. Right. That's a lot to consider. Yes, absolutely. And then, um, you know, we've always said cash is king. Mm-hmm. We have seen cash offers in our market. Um, although while we're seeing them more than we ever have in the past, still the vast majority of home buyers are getting a loan. We're mostly seeing the cash buyers from um, out-of-state buyers right. who have sold significantly higher in higher markets. Um, but cash isn't always, it's not just cash. So, you know, it used to be prior to this market that someone would say, well, you know, the pri- the house is priced for 700 but we're going to pay cash. So we want you to sell it to us for 600 right. So, <laughs> So those, d- because it's cash. Well, it doesn't matter to the seller at closing, if you're getting a loan or you're paying cash, they it's s- money. they're still <laughs> they getting the money, the money one way or the other. <laughs> so it's more about the risk. You know, yes. are we, maybe we're getting a loan, right? but we're removing the financing contingency. So if we're getting a loan, and, but we're removing the financing contingency, we're basically saying we are getting a loan, but we're not making this contract contingent upon the loan. So if the loan doesn't go through for some reason... We're still buying the house. So you either have to actually have the cash or we've talked about in a previous episode, getting that loan fully, you know, all of your documents into the lender sent to the underwriter and they say, yep, you are golden, Mm -hmm. solid, 100 percent. There's no way in heck that you're not going to get approved for a loan in this amount. And so then we're just finding the house. So, again, it's every situation is different but these are some things that you know you absolutely can compete against cash offers when you have a combination of these things Mm -hmm. working in your favor Um, because when we're advising our sellers we're looking at yes we're looking at price but we're looking at all of these other terms and with our years of experience in the business we can look at an offer we can talk with an agent and we can oftentimes know if that deal is is going to stick or not Or at least be able to have the foresight and the vision to say, here are some things that could go wrong along the way. How here are some 
things that are risky about this offer, mm-hmm. how can we mitigate that risk up front? Which really must super benefit your clients who are buyers as well, because at that point, you know what is also most attractive and least risky to the seller. But like you said, it's a it's a case-by-case basis, so it depends on what the budget the buyer is working with, the home that they're looking at, that all of these little chess pieces that the buyer has to work with, you might not need to use all of them. You might not need to give up this your to inspection. get that. Yeah. Exactly. And and <laughs> right. your your team is going to guide them through that process and let them know like, hey, I think you should maybe consider removing this, but don't remove this, not for this house, you know, maybe right. in another situation, but not in this one. Right. And so- yeah, it really are is there a team some things, That's right. Are there some things on the seller's disclosure that we have a question mark about? Mm-hmm. How many offers do they have? How is the market responded at this price? You know, what are the what's the likelihood that the home will appraise based on the most recent comps in the neighborhood? Right. You know, because there are situations where we go, there is no way on God's green earth that this house <laughs> is going to appraise for this. We all know it. Seller knows it, yep. listing agent knows it. Wait to see what it. happens. Yeah. So, you know, or there's the ones where, you know what, this, we have comps to support this price now. It's yeah. going to be fine. You yeah. Know? Assuming we have a good appraiser, it, it more than likely will appraise just fine. And that, my goodness, that is evolving right. all the time right now because, you know, six months ago, we may not have had comps to support a particular price. Right. But now, over mm-hmm. the last 90 days, we do. You yeah. Know, we have a new set point in a lot of neighborhoods for what the going rate is yeah. for homes in that community. So um, that's changing all the time. Um, the other one that we've talked about is temporary occupancy for the seller. Right. Um, you know, a big challenge for anyone who wants to sell their home right now is where do we go from here? You know? <laughs> yes. You know, and some people are building, some are renting, some are moving, you know, whatever the case might be. But if they are selling to take advantage of the market, but then have to turn around and buy or even rent, it's a little bit of a panic mode to say, okay, where are we going to go in 30 days? Yeah, and they're about to be in the same boat as the buyer at that point. Homeless. (laughs) Homeless, right. (laughs) Or living in my basement. (laughs) Right, your parents' basement. Yes. Um, So giving the seller occupancy post-closing okay. for 30 up to 60 days. And we've talked about that where, you, you know, you, if you're getting, if there's a loan involved, anything past 60 days, it's considered an investment property and mm-hmm. in, in you have a tenant essentially in right. your seller. So up to 60 days, which is typically plenty of time to, mm-hmm. to have the seller find their next um, housing opportunity. Yeah. And so, at that point, you're just removing stress from them. That's not like you having to pay more money. Yes. I mean, if you're in a place now where you have that time to give, it's really no skin off your back, but it's a nice thing to offer that maybe someone else, another buyer can't offer to them because they have to be out of their house next week. So that's right. Yeah. That, I hope. Hopefully this is, you know, a sort of a breath of fresh air for the buyers who have been kind of feeling like, I feel like I can't win. And I feel like I have to like give up the whole kitchen sink to get what I want. And there's no real win in it for me. But, you know, hope, hopefully in this episode, you're you're hearing something that helps you to realize like you do have, you know, the possibility of of not having to sacrifice everything to get a house right now. And if you need to buy a home right now, there is a strategy. There is a way to create the most attractive offer without giving up everything. 
so that you can get the home that you want. You just need a good team working with you. That's right. And if you're feeling queasy about an offer (laughs) and it just doesn't feel right, it's probably Probably not not right. right. Trust your gut. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, there's many more things that we haven't covered on this particular episode, but hopefully we've given enough information. You can say, okay, it's not just one thing. It's a combination of things. Every house, every buyer, every seller is a unique situation and creating it. We can still believe it or not, create a win-win in this market. Um, I'll leave you with one small example. And, um, you know, we're seeing something called option money now. And, um, you know, if you ask most people, what is option money? We we haven't, it's been an option in the the market, (laughs) but nobody ever had to take advantage of it. Um, Option money is basically the buyer giving money to the seller up front that says, hey, if we don't close on this house, this money goes straight in your pocket. And so we are, I mean, it sounds a little crazy and out there, but there again, depending on the situation, depending on the buyer's finances, depending on how serious they are about the property, depending Mm -hmm. on all the other terms of the offer, option money can sometimes make a lot of sense. I have one agent in my office who's used option option money on her last four contracts. Wow. And one in massive wow. multiple offer situations um, because, you know, there might have been other reason, you know, not it, option money is a great answer to competing against a cash offer, for example. Right. So um, anyway, lots and lots That's of little nuances. And the, again, this is the importance of working with someone who really has their finger on the pulse is constantly evolving and Mm -hmm. keeping in tune with what's working and what's not working in the market. So that you don't feel like as a buyer that just because you don't have the most money to offer, you don't still have a really good chance. There might still be some some fight in that game for you. That's right. Some little tricks of the trade that we can share with you. Well, guys, if you have any more questions, if you are a prospective buyer or one of our weary buyers already (laughs) in the market and there's anything that we didn't cover in this episode, please feel free to reach out to Rhonda. She is an absolute wealth of knowledge. Rhonda, where can they find you to send you some questions? Yes. Well, first, I would say if you are a first time listener or haven't yet taken the opportunity to subscribe Mm -hmm. to The Real Deal with Rhonda, please subscribe, become a subscriber so you can keep informed of all that we offer. We really take great pride in offering up-to-date, timely information every week about Mm -hmm. um, buying and selling real estate um, in Metro Atlanta. And um, you can also find us on Instagram. So that's always a fun place to keep up with what we're doing uh, at Rhonda Heron. And then the old-fashioned way, you can always (laughs) shoot me an email to Rhonda at AnsleyRE.com. Awesome. Rhonda, thank you so much for imparting so much wisdom for us today. (laughs) Guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode and found it empowering. We will see you next week on The Real Deal with Rhonda. 